Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at Stitcher.com. Hi, Ezekiel and Tom. James from Arkansas. In regards to the Ezekiel, uh, uh, wherever the hell it was, Russia invading Israel or something like that in Ezekiel. Well, you know, clearly Ezekiel takes place in the Bob Lerman's uh, Romeo and Juliet universe, you know, where swords are guns. Guns are swords. They're called swords. So that's what it's referring to, you see. Anyway, uh, glory hole. I, I guess I have to say that, don't I? Hello. This is Computer 1816BZA calling. I am a longtime fan, and I often process your audio. It required many CPU cycles to accept your new output format, but in the end, I calculate it to be more efficient. Keep up the good work. Glory hole. End transmission. Hey, you assholes. I never called in before, but I just heard the episode where you talk about this uh, this family from Germany that's getting deported because they don't want to homeschool their kids or whatever, and they don't get political asylum for that. I just, I laughed out loud as soon as I heard that because the thing that occurred to me was, uh, dude, if the Germans were religiously persecuting you, you would fucking know it. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 142, and for this episode we have half of the atheists on air. See, so we team we seem to be good at getting half of yeah, our guests. And and this is clearly the ugly half. I mean, oh. no offense. <laughs> no offense. But uh, you haven't seen me in my thong. <laughs> That's it's made out of raccoon. Oh god. <laughs> you are from Appalachia. Oh man. That's awesome. Fuck That's yeah. Great. And one of the only ones with teeth. <laughs> I like that you don't specify all of your teeth, just yeah, teeth. Just teeth. If yeah. you've got one teeth means two. I didn't say a few. I said teeth. <laughs> so we are graced with the presence of cash from Atheists on Air. Thank you so much for being on our show. We only have, we have 142 episodes. You guys do about 142 episodes a week. Your production schedule is ludicrous, Cash. Well, we stopped that. We did. Okay. We were well, doing well, daily shows. Uh, we quit that shit. Okay. When did you quit that shit? Um, after about two weeks of it. <laughs> yeah. it, um, it. That was as soon as our egos were built up from everybody going, wow, y'all are awesome. I was like, yeah, let's, you know, we've, we've appease the masses now let's um let's lay low and do you know a, a three-hour show mondays and Shit. so that's what we're doing now is a two to three hour show each monday oh two wow two to three hours yeah i would ridiculous. be so fucking sick of cecil after oh, two to God. three hours i'm sick of you after fucking 40 minutes are you kidding me it is ridiculous but we drink like fish 
Oh, you see, that's well, how you do it. Yeah, you do. And so I don't know if there's any value in any of it, except maybe the first five minutes or something, the introduction. The rest of it, we're enjoying. Well, that, and, and that's all that really matters. I mean, shit, Cecil, the only reason we're doing we're not doing this for the fucking audience. If we were, we'd have a different show. Yeah. So <laughs> our goal originally was to, and it still is my goal, I want to make change. It's why we added this new science segment. Um, it's an hour segment, but it's a, it's a segment. Well, I wanted originally to have Christian callers. So I bought a domain name called, um, are you a real Christian.com and oh, I want to nice. put up billboards. Well, as soon as our reason con thing is over and I'm dumb, done dumping money into it, I am going to start putting up billboards that are run monthly with different Christian messages. One of those being, these will be the black billboards like the God billboards yeah, 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 yeah. that says kill Sabbath day workers is the first one. And, <laughs> and then at the bottom, are you a real Christian? Oh, and my oh, goal is, awesome. is to entice. Well, to antagonize. And, yeah. Entice. <laughs> I love it. Right? I, yeah. Choose your language carefully there. sir. <laughs> well, that's the goal. And that's what I wanted. So I, I, I want to debate. I want to talk to Christians and, and I'm not a, a master debater because my <laughs> wife gives me plenty without having to do that. And right, so I've it, lost so. the skills from my younger years, Yeah, yeah. but it's like falling off a log. My friend, <laughs> <laughs> so that's my goal with the show. I don't wow. know if it'll make it. Another goal of ours is to keep it under an hour. Yeah, at two yeah. to three hours, you're a little over. <laughs> you we narrowed it down. Um, <laughs> it's either going to mean less talking is pretty much what we've come up with. <laughs> you figured that out, huh? <laughs> well, Cash, we wanted to talk to you about this story from the Raw story. Oklahoma Fox Station removes evolution from Cosmos by cutting only 15 seconds. Um, now, if, if you get an opportunity, uh, this is for the audience, go to the site, um, click on the link and watch the video. I never do this, but Cecil made me do it. Um, the editing here is brilliant. I mean, it's really smooth. On. It doesn't feel spot like on. a sloppy chop job yeah. at all. No. Just, just really spectacularly well done. What did you think of this story, Cash? Almost like somebody changed the fucking channel. Yeah. Mid sentence. <laughs> and then flick back once they realize, oh, fuck, that wasn't the volume button. Right, right. I, I think there couldn't have been a better segue, though, for Oklahoma than bow hunting. You're just I like, know. they cut to the thing and they're like, later on, they'll be bow hunting. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Like, they could have had a washboard and jug band, and that would have been about the same <laughs> level. I, 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 I love that that even makes the news yeah. seem so like. And in the news, in the, the news, fucking news, let's not remember. Right. Like, <laughs> let's not forget there's still an airplane yeah. full of people missing in the world. <laughs> missing, just fucking gone. Right. But we're going to cut to the fucking important shit. Oh. We're going to take you away from evolution to show you a fucking dude with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yes, that's right. He's good at shooting a bow and arrow. And I got to say that the editing is like when you were uh, like a teenager and you're taping over all your di Disney tapes with porn <laughs> you know what i mean where you're just like ooh, there's like cinemax on tonight i'm gonna tape over fucking dumbo here and it just cuts in the middle of dumbo flying with a fucking feather in his
his trunk or whatever, and then there's a trunk going into something else as you cut right. away. <laughs> it's just like a barely, yeah. <laughs> barely revealed tip. That's yeah. it. That's like, you're like, yes, <laughs> that's enough back then. Man. Oh, that's enough right now. Who am I kidding? <laughs> what was amazing is they teased with that. With yeah. <laughs> that appeals to their audience, and we have to remember that's a Fox clip. You know, yeah. it's an affiliate of Fox, and and they they appeal to their masses there in Oklahoma, which you know we can't say much here because Fox is you know an icon here. It's a social icon for truth and fair and balanced. So it it was amazing though that they even pointed out that he had got his own show. They alluded to the fact that he's actually making fucking money <laughs> hunting. With a bow, anyone can do it. Like, what, what's your sponsorship level for shooting shit with a fucking arrow? Like, I don't even know how that works. Like, there's no competitor. The competitor's the deer. You killed it. <laughs> you fucking killed your competitor. Ever. Yeah. There is no. Comp- it's not like you're like, yeah, I'm gonna hunt. Yeah. Like, it's not like there's like one deer and like whoever gets it first wins the fucking bow internet. I don't know yeah. how that works exactly, but. <laughs> Wait, and what are you going to do? Like, you're going to put, like, fucking, like, signs and shit on his camo so it doesn't work? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sponsor. I want to buy some fucking oh, real estate awesome. on the back <laughs> of that got, like, dude. like, the arrow name on his back. Right. Or, yeah. like, he has to, like, write in, like, fucking deer blood the name of his sponsors. Like, ah, <laughs> when I'm eating delicious bow-hunted deer heart, I only eat fucking... <laughs> I only clean up with bounty paper towels. Yeah. Yes, bounty paper towels. When the bloods are running. <laughs> it's perfect, though, for the area. I mean, it, right, it's, it's right. like them, you know, promoting, oh, well, not toothpaste here, but um, some, something, you know, um, you know, <laughs> meth, you know, <laughs> it would go over well. Oh, man. Did you watch? Did you get a chance to see Cosmos? Absolutely. I watched yeah. it on Tuesday night because my son, wanted, he's he's 12, and he wanted to watch it with me. And I had a show Monday night, so I couldn't watch it Monday night. Sunday night, I do a business show. And so it was going to, he and I sat down Tuesday night. Wednesday, we watched it Tuesday night. He fell in love. And Wednesday Good. morning, I get up to get him ready for school. He's already up in the living room watching Cosmos again. Wow. Hell yeah, that's great. I was just like, shit. So 12-year-old is a good target market for that Well, he already has a propensity towards that stuff. Okay. Um, He talked me into buying a huge telescope that is so fucking heavy, we need six people to pull it out. (laughs) (laughs) They tell you, oh, it comes apart, and you can take it out anywhere you want in three pieces. Yeah, motherfucker, but it takes three hours to put those three pieces together and realign everything. That's the biggest part is realigning it. So I try to do it as the whole unit. And so I've got my girls out there holding one side and I'm on the other side and they're going, dad, pick up your side, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, and we go look at shit, but it is, it is fantastic. He already has a, just a drive that way. You you guys must be able to see a lot down there because you guys don't have electric lights in North Carolina, do you? (laughs) Not not yet. Not yet. They said as soon as we get running water, fucking electricity snacks, baby. Yeah, Uh, we should mention that he is podcasting from a tin can with a string. And I think the 
the fidelity is surprisingly it's good. It's it is. We we have really improved over the years. We have <laughs> the um. We figured out that the cheap ass Dollar General cans of beans those don't work as good. But spam the the, the dynamic of a spam can or potted yeah. meat just uh. just carries the bass and the resonance just as fantastic. So I, I am curious. Like when I, I watched, and we were talking about this. Cecil and I were talking about this before the show. What do you think the 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 target audience for Cosmos was like? Like age group wise, where where do you think age group or educational level? What what do you think they were aiming at with Cosmos? Who who are they going after with that program? I don't know if I'm being set up because I was uh, you know no, I've, I've read y'all's bios and y'all have educations, yeah. um and and I almost graduated, um. Not from college, but <laughs> um, the, the, it is incredible to me that he, they have put it in a way that even, I mean, I'm in my 40s, and that was just like I want to eat it. You know, it's given to me in a, in a way I can understand it, but also my 12-year-old understands it. Yeah. And my daughter sat in the room and watched the whole thing with us Tuesday night as well. So I How think- How old it, is your daughter? I've got six daughters, but um, what? Yeah, only you six. are from the south, sir. Oh well, what Mormon, Mormon, and the south, and you're pretty wow. fucked. So Jesus, we we had my daughter that's sixteen and a daughter that was fifteen. Yeah, I, I thought you know Tom and I both thought when we when we watched it, both of us thought it was a very good start. There's a lot more in depth astronomy shows out there that will do much more depth but cosmos is sort of aiming at a different thing it's sort of showing you the the story of as they said of everything and we thought it was a very good beginning and we're kind of looking forward to the rest of it uh, i hope that they cut in over here and try to erase other parts of it but although i don't think they're going to do it in chicago but i'm anxious to see where else they try to erase other shit from it because they're going there's going to be like a whole episode on evolution they're going to just have to keep fucking cutting back and forth to this fox affiliate mm-hmm. Just well, the Oklahoma Fox affiliate, all they have to do is just do the a bow hunting um, yeah. for an hour right. when they do the the evolution series. Yeah, <laughs> well, we would normally show Fox. However, were you guys amazed that this was even on Fox, though? I, you know what, though, Rupert Murdoch is a whore. He goes after money. You know, if you remember yeah. when he was sued a few years ago for um, for demonstrably sending out disseminating information that was false and they proved it in a court of law in a federal court of law and his defense was we're an entertainment company so we'll be back at the end of the show with cash and love love joins us a few moments in to our interview with cash at the end of the show so you're going to want to stick around for that Allah Akbar, Akbar, Allah Akbar. Allahu Akbar, just little Allah. Thank you, Chicago. So this story comes from Dawn.com. Pakistani laws prohibiting underage marriage, un-Islamic. C2. What the fuck C-I-I. is that? I don't know like, what that's all about. Is it like Roman numerals? Like, what is that? 102. That'd be 102, right? So C, part yeah. two. <laughs> this time it's un-Islamic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the the Council of uh, Islamic Ideology concluded its 191st meeting, um, or its 191th meeting, (laughs) as it's in the article. (laughs) Ah, yes, good old 191th. 
<laughs> I like how fucking messy the table is. It's, I know it's, it's like, got like water bottles upturned and like a big Kleenex box. It's like it's like a and bachelor spent the weekend at home jerking it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> surprised there isn't a lotion bottle on the table. <laughs> it's just it's just a remote control, a box of Kleenex and some Lubriderm. <laughs> He's got his Bluetooth mouse and his keyboard. How was the weekend? Exhausting. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it was busy for a little bit, and then I napped, and then it was busy, and then I napped. <laughs> Periods yeah. of intense excitement. <laughs> Follow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, you know, they came to some they important did. conclusions. Let's not minimize. Yeah. Just because it's the 191th yeah. meeting, we should not... <laughs> We should not minimize the import of the great work that these men did declaring that all underage marriage is un-Islamic. Uh, you cannot put age limits on right, marriage. Right. So you can marry, you, you can fucking marry an infant. Oh. Just, who gives a shit? Just, it's still in diapers. Who fucking no, cares? Marry that's the not hell true out of it. because it says that they, uh, any marriage can be, can happen after she attains the age of puberty. But I, I guess I kind of well, wonder, like, is puberty, like, do they think puberty is like if they have their first period? I think it's interesting that they don't define that so they can just be like, yeah, it's just whenever they're in puberty, i.e. whenever I think they're yeah. hot. Well, I mean, right? you know, like, I, I guess that there's probably some markers for puberty, but, it, you know, it just depends. I mean, since it's not defined, it's just uh, you could just be like, well, one of these traits, she had grass on the field or she, you know, she had her first period or you know her her boobies are no longer flat those things are right. all that's fair game like which of the secondary sex characteristics yeah, exactly, has to appear right. in order for you to the thing is like it's a it's it's a joke it's a fucking joke and it's a joke to try to nail it down or to try to like you know say like oh you know let's let's think long and hard about which of the puberty characteristics because they're not thinking that well they're just making laws to say marry anyone you want yeah. Like that's what they're saying. They're saying like it's un-Islamic to 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 make a law prohibiting underage uh, marriages. That's so. As soon as they open that shit up, it's like well, do whatever you want, marry whoever you want. No one's gonna say no. Well, it's it's clearly you know, and this is this is also there's another story, Tom, that really sort of uh, dovetails very nicely with this story, and this is the one from from Reuters. It's Iraqi women protest against proposed Islamic law in Iraq, and it's about uh, how the women are essentially protesting that there would be a law that would allow and permit marriage of nine-year-old girls, and it would automatically give custody of children to fathers. And I was reading this. This is the craziest shit, right? Not only are they thinking that it's okay for you know guys to marry a nine-year-old woman, a nine-year-old girl, it's not a woman at that point. So the law basically describes girls as reaching puberty at nine, making them fit for marriage, makes the father the sole guardian of his children at two, and condones the husband's right to insist on sexual intercourse with his wife whenever he wishes. I mean, clearly, this is a law made for men to basically just rule over women. I mean, if they are essentially right. putting themselves exactly. in as the ruling yeah. class because... Yes. Women are their slaves, they're sex slaves, and they're their offspring slaves, right? I mean, you create my offspring, and I will, ma I will reap that offspring. That's mine now. You're basically a baby sharecropper. You know what I mean? 
You're just shitting out kids, and I get to keep them. You have 16 kids, and what do you get? <laughs> you have to live. I mean, it really is like sharecropping, man. It's it's fucking indentured that's exactly servitude. It, yeah. you, you can't ever win your fucking yeah. freedom. Like that's there's no there's no hope. It's it's worse than indentured. I mean, it, it is honestly it's sex slavery. Yeah. If you're taking a fourth grader. Oh, wait, who am I kidding? They're not in school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Oh, that was actually, you know, the problem is that if you make a joke about marrying a fourth grader, you're actually being optimistic. It's true. It's right? True. Yeah. Because you're not marrying a fourth grader. That suggests four prior years of education. You're marrying a no grader. Yeah, you're marrying a nine-year-old. Right. You're marrying a nine-year-old because and we were joking about like, what's the age of puberty? Well, this thing, this law just describes the age of puberty at nine. But is it, is it, I mean, nine seems so... That seems so unbelievably young. Well, because they don't care about actual puberty. Right. They just want to say, like, well, I want to fuck a nine-year-old. Oh, God. Next question. This is Michelle who says, I was watching a horror movie the other day on the recommendation of others. It was rather strange and awfully macabre. And then this past Sunday, I got into an accident leaving church. Did watching that creepy movie cause a curse or the Lord's protection to be lifted from me? Did I grieve the Holy Spirit by watching this series? Uh, a few years ago, I heard about a teenage girl who was demon-possessed. Hmm. And people began to deal with the demon and try to cast it out. And you know what the demon said? I had permission. Hmm. And the permission was granted when this child had gone to some double X-rated movie or whatever it was and had allowed this thing to come into her. I know this sounds kind of otherworldly, but that's the way it is. So could it have happened to you? Yes, I don't think it did, but it could have. But this thing may be living around you, and what you need to do again is speak it, command this thing to leave, and ask God to forgive you. Uh, I, I know that's, that's weird, but uh, these things can happen. and. Uh, I, I think some of these producers, uh, who knows what influences are into them, but some of these, these movies are, you said macabre, it's a good word for it. So this story comes from The Raw Story. And to, to the advantage of this one, Cecil, is there's no picture of a dude fucking his dog up top, so we can actually talk no, about this one. No, but it is Pat Robertson grabbing someone's balls and telling him to cough. So <laughs> He is wearing, you see that jacket he's wearing in that top one? Yeah. That thing is fucking badass. I yeah. would wear that jacket. Yeah. Pat Robertson. It's got a shimmer to it, doesn't it? Oh, look at that thing. <laughs> like here it doesn't. He looks like fucking Ron Burgundy in that like fucking Jerry jacket from Anchorman. Yeah. Pat Robertson. Demons get permission to wreck your car from X-rated movies. <laughs> I love the headline so much. It's so great. You know, I, I stopped tweeting and, and picking Pat Robertson stories for the most part. Because, come on, at some point, it's like, you, you just got to skip Pat Robertson over. But this one was so outlandish, so delightfully, deliciously crazy, you could actually taste the fucking Old Spice and burnt leather on it. It's just fucking terrific. He, he gets a caller, Cecil, who's like, yeah, I was watching a fucking scary movie. And then later, like a week later, right? I got in a car accident wow, when I was are, leaving church. Those things are perfectly coincident. I mean, that's like... right. That's amazing. Those things go right together. They coincide, if you and he will. He relates this fucking anecdote 
about fucking demons and chatting with them. And the demon's like, yeah, I fucking, I'm in here. But I had permission to be here. Because scary movies, or pornography, or whatever. It was double X-rated. What is double X-rated? What does that mean, double X? Which isn't even rated. Like triple X. Right, triple X. That's that Vin Diesel guy. I like from his anecdote, too, that he says, The permission was granted when this child had gone, 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 this is the part I'm going to focus on, to some double X-rated movie, or whatever it was, and had allowed this thing to come into her. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, nobody goes to uh, porn movies anymore. That's not a thing. Like, it's not 1973. Nobody goes to a porn movie. Like, who would go to, a, oh, where are you headed, honey? Oh, mom, I'm just going to the old porn theater, which doesn't fucking exist anymore. I'll be back. I got to ride my bike over to the porn theater, mom. It's a, it's a difficult ride back, yeah, right? actually. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a little painful. The seat's a little chafy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, how disappointing to go to the porn theater and end up being stuffed by nothing but demons. You know, you swing by the old glory it's hole true. and it's like, ah, oh, it's true. another barbed <sighs> dick. Really? <laughs> Can't just once can I get a dick that's not barbed, please? Sorry, but Quiznos was closed. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go somewhere. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? Uh, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. This one is a what the fuck. I don't even know what's happening on this one. I know. I did. See, so I'm not going to lie. I didn't read all of this because uh, what? <laughs> my, my brain just shut down. I seriously, I just couldn't do it. You didn't read all of it. You didn't read the, the whole story. Fuck you. From Jesus the free thinker. Christ, Evangelical Christians want access to more. Do you want me to wait while you read it? Here's what I'm going to do, Cecil. I'm going to read the headline and then make okay, jokes. Okay, sounds good. Okay, I don't know if that's, that's I, kind of my shtick. That'll never uh, work. Yeah. <laughs> I fooled them for 142 episodes. <laughs> Evangelical Christians want access to more co- corpses. Corpses, I almost said. That's different. Like, I need a grove of trees. <laughs> I'm going to try it a third time. Evangelical Christians want access to more corpses to hone their raising the dead skills. And the first thing that occurs to me is, well, of course they want more. If they keep raising all the no dead. kidding. You run out of them. It's the fastest way to run yeah, out. Absolutely. Well, I, I, you know, I totally see what they're doing here. What they do is they essentially... Um, they they offer a service, and this service is to people who just recently lost loved ones. And the service essentially is they will come to you and they will comfort you in your time of need, of course, because that's what you do when somebody just died. I mean, that's the natural thing that you're supposed to do. And then also they will pray over the dead body and hopefully it will raise from the dead. And they have supposedly raised up, they said something like 11, 11 people. people. And they've tried it on a couple other people, and it says that one time they were, you know, in a mortuary for eight hours, and they prayed over, oh, they prayed over somebody for nearly an hour because the person was dead for an hour. And although at one stage they thought they saw him move, that was as good as it got. So they were close. I mean, the guy, like, you know, probably moved a little or something. And, you know, I understand that they need more corpses. I understand this because, you know, it took me a long time to get sort of really good at necrophilia, too. 
And you know I mean, because really you've got to weigh out the correct amount of lube. I mean, there's sort of this sort of correct amount of lube you need, and there's a lot of positioning that you have to go through. So I think, you know, I, I can see where they need to have a lot of test corpses. Yeah, you got to, I mean, the thing is that nobody wants sloppy seconds on the corpse. You know, so once you get, I mean, you need a new one. It's, they're fucking, dispo- corpses are disposable items at that point. They're just like, it's like a fucking tissue. You just, sl- or like a fucking. It is kind of like a tissue. Right. You, just- <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you look at this and it's like, yeah, we've raised 11 people. And they're talking in this story about how they want to have like teams of dead raisers. Of, and that's what they're like calling themselves, like the dead raising team fucking what they hope to see a drt started in every city in the world so that nobody could die without being prayed back to life and the first thing that occurs to me is like wouldn't god be exhausted by this shit like he's up there and it's like all right you're dead fuck they don't want him dead yet all right you're back to life you're dead then no fuck they don't want him dead because everybody would pray everybody back to life we would run out of resources in 30 minutes, Cecil. What they're essentially saying is, is like, well, God, we really want you to change your mind on this one. Or what if it's like, what if actually there's like an angel of death and then there's God and they kind of operate sort of like one's a rogue agent, like one's like the crusty but benign police captain <laughs> and the other one's like the rogue agent, like he's always coming into the boss's office and he's like, angel of death, I told you not to not. And then the angel of death is like, I got it, boss. And then he slams the door behind him and he breaks the coffee pot. <laughs> I've seen that movie. I love, too, like, the idea that you just, like, your grandma dies, you just pray grandma back to life, and she wakes up, she's like, I fucking, I was in heaven. I was in fucking heaven. Right. I was in yeah, paradise. Yeah, and right now I'm now 90, I'm in like, and I don't have use of my legs. You know? Right. It's like, it's like, I still have fucking, thanks for bringing me back to life. I still have fucking cancer. I'm still fucking old, and now I'm in Pennsylvania. You know? I'm like, I'm not in fucking heaven. Like, this worldview doesn't even make, it's not even consistent. It doesn't make any sense at all. And why would you want to pray anybody to life? If you believed in heaven, why would you want to pray anybody back to life? I don't understand why they they even put, you know, if you really did believe in heaven, why do you bother with anything at all? Like, I, I actually, I think the people who don't, like, do any kind of medical shit, that, that's, like, the most consistent because at least in that in that case, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, if God's going to take me now, God's going to take me now. And I'm just going to do the bare minimum I need to stay alive. And then the moment he takes me, it's fucking heaven time. Woo-hoo. Right. And then when somebody dies, if you'd be like, wouldn't you be fucking thrilled? It's like, it'd be like finding out that the person you love just fucking retired to the fucking. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, oh, I, re- I remember I'm retiring to Tahiti with unlimited funds and Filled with joy. Yeah, like, I'm having well, 72 fucking, virgins. Like, it's no right, problem. I'm going to miss you, but have a great yeah. life. That's fucking Man, rock star, dude. I'll see you in Tahiti when I die. Right. Because it's the thing, too. It's like, you also have an all-expenses-paid trip to the best place ever. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, everybody's like, oh, yeah. I'm fucking sad. Like, why are you sad? I'm fucking sad. Bring them back to life. What? That's really selfish, actually. Like, in this worldview, that's the most selfish thing you could possibly do. So this story sucks so bad. Story comes from the friendly atheist. Muslim father kills his possessed three-year-old son after prayer 
brings no relief. Syracuse resident Marcel Washington's a follower of, follower of Islam. So when he went crazy a little bit, and he started hearing whispers and shit, he turned not to a mental health professional, Cecil, he turned to a fucking religious elder. And that person, instead of saying, go see a doctor, you're hearing shit, said, you should take your kid to a mosque and pray. And so he brought his kid instead to the shower and drowned him. Yeah. Yeah, the, the description so here is not something you want to read. It's one of those ones I had to take a second, you know, sort of walk away from, come back, read a little bit, because it's it's one of those where you just start reading and you're like, you know, this is an innocent child that, you know, obviously can't do anything. And I mean, you know, you just put yourself in this position and you know that children are irrational and children are, you know, whatever. And it, it breaks my heart to think that, you know, he's drowning this child and he's asking the child whatever the stupid questions. And the kid doesn't know. You know, the kid doesn't know. The kid's just being a kid. And this person clearly is a crazy person, right? This person is clearly oh, yeah, nuts. For sure. But the problem, I think, lies in the fact that they went, like you said, to their priest instead of going to somebody else. Because, you know, not, not only is that, do I think that there's some blame that belongs in the priest, like you said. But just the fact that they went to their priest in the first place is is something else that's just also very wrong. I'm okay with people being religious. Like, it doesn't bother me that people are religious. It doesn't affect me that people are religious. What I want is religious people to stop being authorities in things they're not authorities in. You're not an authority in the mental health field. You're not an authority in the in the physical health field. You're not an authority in when it comes to marriage counseling. You're not an authority in fucking child care. We've established that enough. You're not an authority. You know, there's so many different things you're not an authority in. Just be an authority about your fucking made up God with them. That's what you get to do. The rest of it, you know, if they're having doubts about their religion, great. Have them in for a chat. If they're having fucking, they think something's fucking possessed by the devil, you need to start calling fucking DCFS because that's your job as somebody who is in the position that is getting told uh, confidential information from someone you should be just as culpable for this crime as as the person who did it because you didn't do anything about it. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back at the end of the show with Cash and Love from Atheists on Air and do an interview, and then we're going to finish this, uh, finish up this show with a little bit of email. So stick around. Hi there. This is Tanner Campbell of the No Godcast podcast, and you're listening to Tom and Cecil on Cognitive Dissonance, the dirtiest mouth motherfuckers you've ever met on the internet. When you're done here, pop on over to nogodcast.com and have a listen to my 10th rate program. Glory hole, bitches. So this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Austin Roos says left-wing university professors should all be taken out and shot. And the nuts and bolts of this story is that Austin Roos says left-wing <laughs> university professors should all be taken out and shot. Uh, fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. I love the idea that this fucking guy is so crazy that he's filling in for American Family Radio host Sandy Rios. And he actually says something a little more vitriolically hateful. Than she has said right. recently. You know, like, that's a high bar. It really is. It's like sitting that's, in for David Duke and being more of a racist. Like, he's right? like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Hitler's day off, you know, and you're like filling in. Man, that, that like, Gorbels is man. a fucking awesome. He's, he's a really good Nazi. Look at that guy go. Man. He's just tearing up the fucking ya. evil fucking racetrack or whatever i don't know <laughs> i don't even know where i'm going with that 
Um, so this fucking lunatic uh, basically is talking about there, there was a woman who came out as a uh, porn actress. She's a Duke University freshman. There were many, many articles which were written um, discussing it because, oh, my God. She's a porn actress and she doesn't hate herself and whatever. So she had, you know, she had written something about how she's a porn actress and, and, you know, people don't expect this out of her. And it, it got a fair amount of press on, on all sides of the issue. Um, and he had some, some really insightful things to say. And one of the things he says is, um, referring to his own daughters, I do hope that they go to a Christian college or university and to keep them so far away from the hard left, human-hating people that run modern universities who should all be taken out and shot. Well, that'll solve the problem. Oh, my gosh. You know, I clearly he's he's running off at the mouth, right? That's what he's doing. He's just, you know, he's just got diarrhea of the mouth at this point and he's and he's running his mouth and he gets a little carried away with himself, you know what I mean? Like he just gets carried away. But he's talking, I mean, the things that he has to say, the vitriol he has to say about you know where he's talking about this toxic stew of modern university is gender studies, it's sex week. You know, this is a guy who's afraid that people explore their bodies and understand their bodies better and that women are in control of their bodies. This is a guy I think that's afraid of that stuff. I mean, he, he clearly is because he's talking about how he's going to send his daughters to a Christian college or university to keep them away from this stuff because, you know, I I just want to make sure that I'm going to protect them, protect them from what, from themselves, from their own vagina. From a diversity of, of uh, worldviews, Cecil, from experience, from opportunity, he's going to protect them from, um, you know, the ability to succeed later in life. He's going to protect them <laughs> you know, sure. from, from a, uh, a satisfying sexual relationship. He's going to protect them uh, from, from any kind of emotional maturity that they might develop. He's going to protect them from lots of things. They'll be so well protected um, that they'll be like plants growing in a fucking dark. That's that's what they're going to be like, fucking stunted and uh, malformed, basically. You know, the, the, the problem, like, when you take kids and you say, like, I don't like the world that we live in, so I'm going to pretend that they live in a different world. I'm going to create a world, an insulated world, that's not, it doesn't have any relationship with reality whatsoever. And I'm going to raise my kids in this insulated world. Uh, at some point... Those kids grow up and become adults, um, and they have to live the vast majority of their lives, not as children, but as adults. And instead of forming their personalities and their opinions and their worldviews and their intellects in, in a world that offers a diversity of opinion that they have to push and pull against and struggle to uh, align with their own values, instead of that, when you raise them in this insulated worldview, they either become absolutely shocked by the world around them and are unable to cope in a meaningful way and continue to pursue more and more insulated worlds to live within or communities to live within, um, or they just have to shut down altogether. I mean, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to to learn and grow and mature when you never have the opportunity to do so? You're all dead. Oh, be nice. Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh, my God. What's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. So this next story comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Swanson, Disney's Frozen, is a satanic push to turn kids gay. 
Religious right talk show host Kevin Swanson railed against the Disney film Frozen on Wednesday, accusing Disney of using the movie to turn children gay. Yep, that seems pretty likely. I think there's going to be tons of kids who watch Frozen and then walk away gay from watching a Disney movie. When I watched the movie Cars, I just started fucking every car I saw. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I much. turned I into went out, a car. I like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, man, the message here is that cars are awesome. I, I'm going to fuck I one. lopped my arms off and replaced them with wheels like immediately afterwards. <laughs> Now I just, I just I, lay on my face and run around with my back legs. I'll tell you, when I watched Finding Nemo, I just threw my kid in the ocean yeah, and like dived in after him. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> it sounded great. I was like, I threw him in. I, I turned. I closed my eyes because otherwise right. it's cheating. Throw a little chum you know? in there with him. Right, yeah. yeah. I spun around three times, like pinned the tail on the donkey, and I dived in to find oh, him. Oh, man. You know? That's, that's how you do it, Cecil. That's what movies I make you make do. I can't make any of these jokes because I've never seen any of these movies. <laughs> 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 like I'm like the fucking Grinch. I've never watched kids movies. So I'm just like, well, the best part is like, I'm thinking like, well, you've seen Wally, but like, what would you do? Like recycle? You know? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After I saw Wally, I just walked around and said Wally a bunch of times. That's, right. like, that's, all I that's all I did. I just kept saying fucking Wally. I've seen the Incredibles. So I guess I punched things after I saw yeah, the right? Incredibles. <laughs> But what a fucking ridiculous argument. Yeah, well, it, and he's talking about demons running Disney or whatever? Yeah, in 1984. <laughs> they were um, fucking OG, yeah, a lot of, man. They, right? <laughs> like, they were there, 1984. You know, he says, he's like, you know, if I were the devil, because he's, he's posing oh, a yeah. and he's getting and he's, and he's sort of whispering. It's like the whispering was, hypothetical. What would you do? What would you do? If I was the devil, I'd, what would you do to get kids? Who gives a shit? I'd buy Disney. There's no and I'd such be like, thing as a devil, so. Right? Like, what would you do to get kids? I don't know. Anything? Because they're kids? This guy is holding the fucking flashlight under his nose, and he's telling a fucking ghost story. <laughs> that's exactly right, I mean, that's right, what he's dude. doing. He's like, and yep. then the call was coming from inside the house. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's a fucking douchebag on a radio show who's lowering his voice and using theatrics to try to scare you into thinking that you're taking your kids and paying the... I was going to say $8, but it's more than $8 now. Right. <laughs> it's fucking $26 a person <laughs> to go see a Disney movie. And then you got to pay like $14 surcharge for the glasses or whatever. But, you know, like you're going to see a Disney movie and, and you're in the wrong. You know, what does that yeah. leave for parents to do? Because I know, Tom, you take your kid to like movies all the time because it's a good yeah. thing for you to do with your family as a whole family to go out and do your thing. But, you know... I just don't understand. Like you're taking away, like a, a a way in which families can entertain themselves in a relatively cheap way for a goodly amount of time. I remember going to the movies as a kid. I bring my kid to the movies. It's two hours in a nice, comfortable, dark place, like on a hot day or like a shitty winter day or a raining day, when everybody just needs to get out of the fucking house for a little while. And now all of a sudden, I can't do that because. The fuck? Well, I can do that because I don't give a shit about demons, right? Like, I do it all the time. I'm going to go see fucking Frozen tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Right. I have no interest in seeing Frozen. But now I'm going to go see fucking Frozen just to see if my kid turns gay from it. It's the stupidest shit I ever heard. And, you know, the thing in here he says, he says, um, if you were to just interview them, meaning the parents, and ask them, is your vision for this little six-year-old boy, eight-year-old boy, nine-year-old, ten-year-old boy that he turned into a sodomite? 
My guess is that 60 to 70% of them would say, that would be my worst nightmare. And I'm thinking like, well, first of all, if you phrase it in such a fucking ridiculous right, way, right. like, would you, is your vision for him to turn into a sodomite? Sodomite. I, I, would, I want to be like, well, I don't care if he's a sodomite. And I also don't care if he's gay. And I, was, I, I don't know that I want him to be a sodomite, but I was kind of shooting for him to become a pillar of salt. Is that a possibility? Right? Or? right? Like, I guess like I would rephrase that question. Like, is it your vision that your child will be secure in their sexuality and happy? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, yes. is, it your, is it your vision for your child to experiment with multiple sexual partners before they get married? Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it is. is, it is. It I mean... Are you kidding me? I, my son's middle name is actually Danger. Yeah. We gave him a leg up in that department already. Right. And you're going like, to. We gave him his opening line for every pickup at the bar at birth. Yeah. Yes, that is absolutely my vision for my seven year old boy. <laughs> and I love, too, that he focuses on boys because sure. the focus is always, is on, always boys on boys. Because, like, they're so concerned with the sex act of butt sex. Like, that's really what this oh, boils yeah. down to. Yeah, absolutely. To. It's. Is they don't like the butt. That's sex. bad. That's a bad touch. Like there's a good <laughs> touch and there's a bad touch, and that's clearly a bad touch. So we're here again with half. Of a- atheists on air, the 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 uglier, sadder half, uh, Cash is here. <laughs> um, but love is not with us. It's a shame because we both really wanted to talk to. That's kind of who we were looking to talk to. Was it's love, always no love with you and I. I Cecil. guess it's Cash. I guess we're just going to talk to Cash. No, I'm just fucking with you, Cash. Cash, thanks for joining us. Can you tell our audience if they've never heard your podcast? Could you tell them about your podcast and about sort of what you guys do? Is that a joke? Everybody's fucking heard of our podcast. I mean, we've been out for, let's see, one, two months now. And um, no, you can find us at AOA.FM, AtheistsOnAir.com, Facebook, you know, Atheists On Air, um, Spreaker.com, Atheists. You can find us pretty much anywhere like that. We haven't had any luck with anybody actually finding us, but we are easy to be found. Right. (laughs) So what's the thrust of the show? Like, what's the format? Tell us about the, the, the format of it. Because you guys have a different format. You guys have, like, a call-in sort of thing that you're hoping to do. Tell, tell us about it. Our goal is to get callers, um, Christian callers specifically, um, and do debate and lively discussion. We right now kind of do a, there's, you know, you, you always copy somebody, but um, do news stories. You do like those cognitive dissonance guys we yeah, do you know <laughs> don't try to copy anything they do that's a low <laughs> bar to crawl under sir <laughs> <laughs> but we we attempt to do um you know a funny spin on the news we do a science section you know where we debunk or we talk it's all about the alternative medicines so that's the goal is do, to do the science section. That's with a, a an actual scientist. He comes to the studio once a week. Oh, shit. And we record an hour, and we put that into our um, three-hour program because everybody wants as much as us as they can get, and three hours just is our, our limit. <laughs> three hours is your sweet spot. <laughs> the scientist who comes on, what's, what's, their, what's their field? What what do they study? He actually gets to do some unique stuff. He works here locally 
in in the mountains with a company that does wait science in the south. Yeah, can you That's believe impossible. that shit? Yeah. Well, they they have no signs on their building because they're afraid of getting firebombed. <laughs> I think we actually have love on the line. Do we? Yeah, I, I've been sitting here going, "Hey, where is everybody?" <laughs> we're having a blast. We were we weren't having as much fun until you showed up, though. Love. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> You know, I bring the fun. Well, now we don't have half of atheists on air. We have no, the entire, the whole entire atheists. Atheists all both of us. All, all both. both of us. You know, Cash, you were telling us about the the scientists that you have on. What's what's their field of expertise? What do they study? What do they do? I am not a hundred percent sure. It has something to do with medicines, Good. and he gets to do. Um, he he even said the other day he had an explosion in the lab where he was trying to experiment with something. So he gets to do some pretty liberal stuff with. Stuff. Are you sure it's not just a kid with a chemistry set? No, that sounds like a kid no. with a chemistry set. This, this, this <laughs> like, that's not a that's not a science lab. That's Dad's garage. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> he 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 um he actually had a small explosion, and they they do testing for drug company stuff. All I don't know, and he he does well with it and loves it, but he he loves the going after pseudoscience. And so he comes on the show. We've done three episodes with um, Professor Steven so far, and they are th – this guy is brilliant. I wish you could see him in person. He usually wears some kind of crazy-looking hat. He's got sideburns that are enormous and come all the way down to his bottom of his jaw. And he can talk in a way that even I can understand him. If I were a scientist, I got to tell you, for fuck, for fucking real, I would dress like fucking Dr. Frankenstein everywhere I went. I'd have a fucking lab coat spattered with blood on it. I don't care if I'm going to the grocery store. Everywhere I go, I would sleep in that fucking thing. Oh, man. All right. So, so now that we actually have love on, uh, love, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, we, we learned a little bit about your podcast already, but we haven't had a chance to sort of figure out who the hosts are. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your past here. Um, well, I had uh, two very different childhoods. Um, my, my parents divorced when I was quite young. My biological mother was Pentecostal and as far extreme in Pentecostal as you can get. And then my father was agnostic, and I spent about seven years of my childhood living with uh, my biological mother. Oh, and wow. uh, it, was, it was an interesting yeah. childhood. Um, you know, very fear-based, obviously, but, I mean, it, she used to drag me in front of the church all the time to rebuke demons out of me. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Um, it didn't work. Know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it just made me worse, but it was, it was you know, it, it was very bizarre, and I didn't realize how bizarre it was until I got out of it. I'm still very close with my dad, um, who's agnostic. I think having those two very separate childhoods, though, gives me kind of a unique perspective, and I feel like I can pretty much relate to anybody, whether they're religious or not. Um, I, I've got two kids. I'm married, um, former military. I'm a disabled veteran, was in the Army JAG Corps, and uh, I guess I've been an atheist for shit, like 15 years. So, so what made you guys decide to start a podcast? Actually, you know, all the money. All the money. <laughs> All the fucking money and bitches? Is that yeah. what it was? Bitches and money. <laughs> That's a pretty standard reason. I'm pretty fed up with the bitches part. Room. I was already yeah. eat up with bitches. Yeah. And so I am um, seven of them through my goddamn house. I never want to see another fucking bitch. And, um, 
No, I did it for the bitches. Yes. That's that's, that's what I suspected, love. <laughs> You know, I had been approached for the last three years about doing an atheist mom podcast, and I was just, you know, I hadn't done one. I wasn't sure I was interested. I didn't think I had time. And then when Cash came to me about this show, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I could do this. This would be fun. And first time in the studio, I had so much fun. And um, now I'm quitting all my other jobs just so I can do this all the time. (laughs) So did you guys know each other before you started podcasting? Yeah, for a total of two or three months. Yeah, long time. We go way back. Way back, different schools together and everything. You guys sound so natural together. Like, you guys have this really good connection. You sound like you've known each other for years. We hit it off. Um, she's um, yeah. she's the president of WNC Humanists here, and I think there's about seven or eight other titles she carries around in her purse. And <laughs> she, she is, like, spread thin in the atheist movement. I was at a meeting and I, you know, we, I had already met her and stuff. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to try to start a podcast. And what, what do you think about joining me? And she said, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, and so we started that motherfucker and we, we just surpassed David Smalley. We've, you know, um, with four listeners and, <laughs> and, um, so he can suck on that one. Wow. <laughs> And it, we're doing it's so fun. It's a it's a great show. Um, I love that it's explicit, so I can say whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. This show is actually clean, so if you could watch your language, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I must have been getting the unedited version off of iTunes. I'm amazed that you guys only knew each other for a few months. It took Cecil 16 years of vetting me before he finally said fine. <laughs> Fucking fine. I tell you what, if any two people um, flow, um, you two do. And if there's any podcast that we've talked about um, at any length, it's been cognitive dissonance. And yes. and Scathing Atheist is also one of my favorites. But yeah, I wouldn't have known great, about yeah. them had I known. We have a member that's in our group here at um, Asheville Atheists and Asheville Skeptics. Two different groups, but he's in both. And he's a little whore. And his his name is Kevin, and Kevin said, um, "Hey Cash, have you heard Cognitive Dissonance?" This was back in I think June, and I said, "Who the fuck?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's these guys in Chicago." And I said, "I fucking listen to a bunch of Yankees on a fucking." I said, "They can't have nothing on." You should see my hat, and I love macaroni too. By the way, <laughs> love it. You are a doodle dandy. I will. I tell am you. a dandy, my friend. Yeah. We learned about about love here. Let's hear let's hear about you because you have a really interesting past there, Cash. Uh, Mormon and in the South. Mormon in the South. So, like, were you an? I gotta ask, were you an outcast as a Mormon in the South? Well, I, I was. Um, I have been for five years. At thirty eight, I figured this out, and I left religion altogether. I was preaching in a non denominational church for three years prior to leaving. Oh, shit. My goal was is. I was on the way home from church and I got a, a vision that I needed to be an evangelist. And I, so I decided I'm going to start studying the Bible. So the next three years. Okay. Before you, before you get into that, I yeah. got to ask you, what does that mean? I had a vision back then. I could have told you, I, Fuck. I felt like God had called me. I saw in my, you know, in my head 
um, me preaching in front of big crowds and traveling. And so I was, and I'm sure the idea got put into my head by TD Jakes or somebody that I listened to. And so I, I decided, okay, the Lord's called me to do this. I told my wife, she goes, Oh fuck, you know? And, and so we decided we were going to do this. I, I took the Bible and I said, you know, there's so much of the Bible. I'm unsure about what I have a mixed version because I grew up with the Book of Mormon, the Bible, the Pearl of Great Price, sure. the Doctrine and Covenants, and it all runs together. And I didn't want to be preaching and go, well, Brigham Young said, and, yeah. and, and really fuck up the sermon. So I didn't think it would go over well. Well, it probably would have worked because Christians don't read their Bibles, so they wouldn't have yeah. noticed so yeah, exactly. yeah right that's for you to read you know like well before let me let me ask you this i, I have another question related to you becoming like when you became a, a a preacher so uh how many years of education was involved to become a preacher like i'm sure there was a pretty no significant no no, no pretty 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 much pretty much you don't have to go to any yeah. school to call yourself a preacher or you can even like, get certainly there had to be a test or a license. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, any no, asshole can no, be a preacher. No, I'm no. an ordained minister now in the First Church of Atheism, and that took seven dollars. <laughs> and so, and as long as I could type out my name on the keyboard, I was good to go. Well, the, no, there was no test, but I already had a good handle on the scriptures because in in the Mormon Church, you go to seminary for four years irregardless whether you're going to be a preacher. So I had already been to seminary for four years. I already had a good handle, but I had a mixed, a mixed up, you know, like a, what do they call that shit? Like a potpourri of religious nonsense. And I didn't, it didn't smell as good as potpourri, but you get the, you get my point. And, and so we, we ended up, I ended up studying and I, I was preaching part time, you know, for free and, and enjoying it. I was enjoying the attention. I thought I was making a difference. And the more I read, the more fucked up shit started sounding. And, and I was keeping stacks of yellow pads as I took notes because I was, you know, I'd go, Oh, this would make a good sermon about, um, law and his, Oh fuck. What, what the fuck did Lot just do? And, <laughs> and that kind of shit, you know? So wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I got to interrupt one more time because wait a minute. Four years in seminary, and there's one book, and then later you read it. No, no, there's more than one book in seminary. You get the Bible, the Book of Mormon, okay. the Pearl of Great right. Price, the Doctrine and Covenant. The what? And the what is the what is it the called? The Pearl of Great Price. I've heard of this. I fucking love the title of it so much. Yes, it's so obviously made up. <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's like the dog with shaggy hair it's just some fucking <laughs> crazy shit <laughs> pearl of great price so so you you left the the church somehow how did that happen well i left the mormon church at about 25 as far as i didn't leave them i continued to pay tithe all the way into my till i was 35 36 and i but i stopped going because they i felt like they were um mean to people and 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 I, I didn't like their rules. I didn't like how they I didn't believe they came from God. I had my own version of God and they didn't fit into it. But I did know for a fact they were the true church because I had had a testimony 
that was ingrained into me since I was about five. What does that mean? What, what do you mean you had a testimony? Forgive me. I don't know what that means. A testimony means that you have a truth, a, you can, a spoken or unspoken truth of knowledge of the validity of something. So the Mormons, at once, a, once a month, they have fast and testimony meeting. It's where you fast and, and you not only pay your tithes for the week, you also pay an additional tithe for the fast. Whatever money you would have normally spent on three meals, you give to the church. And that's just a, it bumps you up in heaven. So you can't eat all day, but they no, you don't eat for 24 hours, <laughs> the whole day, the whole day. And, 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 and a Mormon fast includes no drinking water or anything. What? Wait, what the fuck? I would have a testimony. The fucking truth I would come to is I'm hungry. That is the truth I would come to. That was pretty in, much it. In a coastal church, we did three days. No food, no water. Three what days. What the fuck? What, that's, who does that? I could go three hours. I'm eating something right now. <laughs> but, I mean, at, at 16, you, you know, at 16, you're fucking hungry all the time. And I can remember just couldn't wait for sacrament. You know, where they pass the bread and the water, and you're like, fuck yeah. And I'd get me a handful of bread if nobody was looking because I was starving to death <laughs> and, or thought I was. And, and so, anyway, during fast and testimony, meaning every, anybody in the church who wants to participate, you get up and stand in a line behind the podium and you wait, and everybody bears their testimony. All of them sound the same. Yeah. And, and and I kid you not, they go something like this, because this is taught, it's repetitively taught as you grow up. It goes, um, I just want to bear my testimony today that I know the church is true, that I know Joseph Smith was a true prophet of God, that Spencer W. Kimball or whatever current prophet is the prophet at the time is the true prophet and speaks to the Lord daily. I'm thankful for my family and all the blessings that the Lord gives to us. Amen. And that's pretty much it. Some people get up and tell a story about finding their keys and they wouldn't have found them without Jesus and shit. And the and and everybody gets teary-eyed, you know, and you know, all proclaimed. And and so we that is what the Mormon church does. Well, at about 25 I left the Mormon church, but I still required my older daughters, my first kids to go to church and to seminary. So they went to seminary and they were baptized in the Mormon church. Wow. You owe them. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I sent them letters of apology. Did you really? I did. And I, I got them on a conference call one time. They were all in college. And, and I said, hey, um, I'm an atheist. And I have two daughters that we adopted at different times who didn't know each other until we adopted them. As far as they were adopted years apart and they were biological sisters and, really? and they go, thank God. And one, the oldest one, the one that lives up near y'all, she says, she goes, I've been an atheist since I was 13. <laughs> and I went, holy shit. And so bottom line is, is it went over well. And, and then I just started going to non-denominational churches. These, well, they're just free will Baptist churches in the mountains. My wife's uncle, she has six uncles that are preachers. Wow. Do they like fight like Thunderdome to see who's the best preacher? Well, no, no, they all have their own churches and they all disagree. Wow. That they, is fantastic. So like fucking gladiator. <laughs> well, her mom is the oldest of 14 kids. And, and so all the males in the family became preachers 
And so we went to all their churches when we, you know, we'd move around depending on who pissed me off at the time, you know, cause some of them said <laughs> women couldn't wear makeup and some of them said women had to wear long dresses. I remember one time my wife wore blue jeans or slacks to church and her uncle Ellis, who was the preacher, he's still the preacher at solid rock and Baptist church. And he, and it's a pretty big church. And he said, um, like my niece right there in those slacks, that's of the devil. And she got up and walked out and then cussed him out after church. Um, because she has a temper, she has a fuse about, you know, as long as your fingernail and, and, you know, she'll climb you like a cat and, and she's a little bitty thing, but she's feisty, um, she's very feisty. redhead, Irish, you know, um, just feisty. And so I, I decided, you know, we found a church eventually that was our home church and that's where I started preaching and I started doing an adult Sunday school and I know I'm probably boring like this, y'all to tears. The sound of this adult Sunday school, like kind of what was going on there. <laughs> it was not fun. <laughs> I mean, there's a, is there a lot of like submission and bondage and things like that? Or? I've seen this movie. Tell me more. <laughs> See, I'd have gone to adult Sunday school if it was like that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Shit, I'd go now. <laughs> I mean, if I could find one, I'd get off the damn podcast and head over. Well, at 35, I started this evangelical you know, thing I was going to study for. And that fucked me. It was the end of it for me. I couldn't take it. I knew that it was false. Then I started studying religious history and that did it. You can't go any further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, humanism. Cause one of the reasons why I, I found your guys's podcast, I was listening to secular FM. I had it on in the background and, uh, and your podcast comes on and you guys are, you know, yucking it up and I'm just listening along. I don't know that I was paying a ton of attention until you guys started talking about, uh, and I, I love it. Uh, it was you who was talking about, it was it you that had created some sort of uh, charity for students who didn't have enough to eat. Was that you who had done that or someone close to you? It was her. It, well, we had a couple of different things we had done. Um, when North Carolina discontinued the WIC vouchers, so women couldn't get formula, um, as soon as that happened, we instantly set up a thing um, so women could get formula. We would buy formula and deliver it to them. But then there's also, they have a school pantry here in our schools. About half the students in, in Asheville in, in our city schools live, you know, below the, the bread line. And so these schools actually have a school pantry and they ask for donations. And so I went back to my group, you know, after one of the teachers contacted me, but I said, we need to do this. So we have brunch twice a month. And every time we do brunch, I ask people to bring in canned goods. And we're one of the largest contributors to the school pantry. Wow. Yeah, and it's that, important. That, Kids should eat. I mean, this is like... <laughs> There, that's kind of basic to me. Kids should be able to eat food. There's They're kids children, that leave. You know? They leave school Friday and they don't eat again till Monday. Yeah. 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 Now, is it is it difficult for you to organize like a food drive or like a, a charitable organization um, when you don't love Jesus more? Like when you don't. Well, you're it not helps like if you have Jesus. Just, just filled to the fucking brim with Jesus. Is that is that like? Does it make it more difficult? Like since you came out of the religious. We've angle. invited him. He's never showed up with shit. That motherfucker doesn't <laughs> never bring shit to the party. Cocksucker. Right? No, I, I guess I, I did want to ask in seriousness. Like, does, is it difficult for you guys to gather money as an as an atheist organization? Like, can or do you have to sort of hide that and just? Yeah. From the community can be difficult because we yeah. have like a Relay for Life team. Both the humanist group here um, in our area and the atheist group both do Relay for Life every year. And, um, you know, most 
booths at Relay for Life sell hot dogs or hamburgers. Well, I used to cater part-time. And so, you know, one year I did like pulled pork tacos, uh, you know, with like a, um, you know, a slaw top and, you know, like a pineapple sauce. And so I would do these kind of really awesome foods. And you would have people who would walk up because they could smell it. They're seeing somebody else eat it, and they'll come over, and they'll be like, oh, this is where I'm going to get this food. And then they would see our signs, and they'd say, oh, but I'm not going to – I'm not giving my money to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had them, though. The, the pork almost tempted them to the dark side. It was very close. Well, that's why the Muslims don't eat the pork, you right. know, because it's so exactly. tempting. Exactly. It's, it's just, just right. right over the edge. Which kills me because every cent you raise at Relay for Life goes to, you know – uh, the American Cancer That's Society. It's not like it was going in our pockets. It all goes to them. But yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't support us. I've I've had um, local companies that have um, given out things to um, for like a, you know, a raffle basket or discounted meals or a portion of the proceeds would go to your team, kind of thing. And I've gone to these organizations that have said they would help us and and they'll be like okay well you know come back tuesday and we'll have things for you and gone back and said oh well i looked at your website and we just can't support oh man an organization like yours that reminds me of uh, tom do you remember the upstate atheists they were in south carolina right. i think yeah. those are and friends of ours they had they had this thing where they were going to give away these packets they were actually going to go help at a homeless shelter or something like that a soup kitchen away. yeah <laughs> and they got turned away and then they then they said well fine we're just going to make little care packages for the homeless. And we had announced it on our show and a bunch of our listeners are fucking awesome. And they will like go and donate and they wound up pushing them well over their limit, what they had planned to do. And we had, and they they were able to give away all these care packages to the homeless, but it's funny to see them just get turned away. And you're like, well, look, I'm trying to do good works. Isn't that what Jesus wanted for me to do good works? What the fuck is wrong with you? Eve is the president of the upstate atheists. And, and I spoke with her and I'm sure love did as well. And, and they did, they, they, your listeners obviously submitted a bunch of donations and they were able to these little care packages weren't little care packages yeah they included blankets and all kinds of stuff and so this was a huge deal and it helped a lot of people and they they stood on the opposite side of the street from the soup kitchen and gave that stuff out and the media was there um y'all did an awesome job promoting we did nothing we We did nothing we just told someone about it and they did all the way either gave all the money and the other people did all the work we we would deserve nothing for that we deserve nothing but the i will say that our listeners were great and like i said once we announced it, i had seen several people were going on and saying i came here from cognitive dissonance and they were giving like a 75 bucks and things like that and they had pushed them over the edge but you know the people in the upstate atheists they did all the work they sat there and they packed all those fucking care yep. packages themselves and they sat out there and they gave them to people and they did they did all the hard work and that's awesome shit i think you know it's funny because a lot of people want to separate and say well atheists are just people who don't believe in something and you know that you shouldn't try to organize or whatever but tom and i we're both humanists ourselves and i think it's a great organizing feature of you know being an atheist but also being a humanist and i think you guys both fit into that as well well i thank you we um I, I had never been associated with any groups till I met Love when, when we moved here, and I was excited to be around fellow th- free thinkers. And Love is all about charity as far as she, she is constantly organizing things to help the community. And, and she'll rally behind some national stuff too, but as far as locally, she's an icon. I paid him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, it's, and I think being in the South, uh, sometimes I think we work 10 times harder just to make sure, because we have, there's such this horrible stigma yeah. um, when you live in the Bible pants. And I, so I think a lot of us work really hard to... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. we have a we have a listener that came up with that, the Bible pants. His name's Daniel Bible Pants and he he says that that's where the the cunts, the assholes and the taints are. Yeah. I think he called our show and told he us called that. Called our show as well and left the same voicemail. It's so funny. He did. I I heard it. I heard it on y'all's before I checked my voicemail. Yeah. Um Bible pants. That's absolutely hysterical, but like yeah. you know, you look at Eve E. Brandon with Upstate Atheist. Here's a woman who's in school full-time. She's in college full-time. She's married. She has three kids under the age of three and still finds time to donate, you know, all this time to, to all these different things. She actually created Upstate Atheist to be a charity group. That's all they do is, you know, work in the community. It's, it's fucking amazing. You, you know, she, you would think she would, ha- she would be able to get into that church, no problem, with a name like Eve. You know, they'd be right. like, I was thinking, come same on in. Thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it, you mentioned it earlier, but we're going to let our listeners know where can they find your podcast? I'm like, we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you heard it there. Just look everywhere, folks. I mean, we're on Spreaker and Blog Talk and iTunes and Secular FM. I mean, we're on Twitter and Facebook and we've got a website. I'd. Uh, yeah, Atheist on Air is not hard to find. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And now, actually, we're going to be on your show coming up here on the 24th That's of right. this month. Live. Our, our listeners will be able to call in live if they wanted to and, and make fun of Tom. That is correct. Hey. <laughs> Why are we? I would, you know, I would. Cecil, if you Cecil would give me some act. shit on Tom. Yeah. I, we could have a blast with this fucking show. I am the shit on me. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I am my own material. Yeah. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll, we look forward to being on your guys' show on the 24th. So in our haste to uh, finish recording the other night, we forgot to mention all the wonderful patrons we have to this podcast, so I want to Talk about all the patrons. And we actually don't have a good system here to actually remember who we mentioned. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to mention all 70 of you. Uh, So here we go. Thank you very much to Francis, Mary, Dan, Lisa, Beerwill. That's the best name ever, by the way, Beerwill. Curtis, Jeff, Joel, Darren, Orlando, Shelby, Jeff, Max, Stefan, Greg, Philip, Jennifer, Danny, Jeff, Charles, Alex, Steve, Jeff, Benjamin, Stephanie, Daniel, John, Louis or Luis, Anderson, Michael, Emily, Gregory, Scott, Tom, Marie, Lindsay, Jeff, Christian, Richard, Mark, Vincent, Peter, Alex, Hannah, David, Stephen, Stephen, Louise, Michael, Aaron, Mike, Sam, Nicholas, Jennifer, Tom, Lynn, Johan, Terry, Ian, William, Benjamin, David, Liam, Michael, Thomas, Jean, Taisha, Randall, and Kathleen. You are all amazing. Thank you so much for donating to the show. Your donation dollars go a long way to making sure this podcast happens. So thank you very much. 
I did want to point out before we get into the the uh, email here, Tom. I did want to point out that a couple of people were mentioning that uh, it wasn't uh, Al Green who did sexual healing; it was Marvin Gaye. So we want. Yeah, I was totally just wanted, fucking wrong. I want to point that, that out, and I actually I think you mixing up those two guys makes you a racist. So it does. I just I'm wanted to point racist. that out. So yeah. Tom is a racist, everyone. So I just want you to know that <laughs> super racist. <laughs> I thought it was Morgan Freeman that sang that song. <laughs> oh, man, if somebody could do a Morgan Freeman impression of sexual healing, I'll play that. So that's your task. And don't do a bad one, because you make a bad one yeah. and make fun of you. So don't do a bad one. It's got to be a good one. We got an email from, um, what's that name? <laughs> what is that? What is that name? Nakia? Is that what that is? Uh, you got me. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Nakia. All right, fair enough. Nakia sent us an email and said, I love your show. Uh, recently found a videos by Jacqueline Glenn, and she's funny as hell. You guys should have her on your show. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've seen her before, and I heard her on the Secular FM, but she's really popular. She's so, I don't know why she would she, want to come yeah. on our show. <laughs> right, yeah. There's no reason yeah. that she would be on our yeah. show. So, uh we we like to only get second tier guests. Yeah, I, I saw a couple yeah. of her of her videos, and she's actually very funny. She was making fun of. There was a guy who was uh, he 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 sang this rap song about how bad homosexuality was, and she tore it apart. It's actually pretty funny. So I've seen several of her videos. She's sharp as a yeah. Tech, she's very. So funny. I don't want her on this. Yeah, show. no, God, how embarrassing well, would that be? Are you kidding me? Um, we got a. I'm going to end the show with it, but I just want to mention it now. A guy by the name of David did a Skeptics Creed, but he made it for uh, Australian animals. Oh, so <laughs> funny! It's, awesome. it's so funny. So we're going to end the show with David's Skeptics Creed. So we want to thank David for sending that in. We also uh, we messed up the dates for Incredulous. We're actually going to be on this Sunday's Incredulous, and then it'll be released later on. So, um, so just so you know, Incredulous this Sunday, and uh, and then probably next week later on next week sometime. I just wanted to mention too that I posted on the Patreon site, uh, I posted uh, a post that basically said, look, these are a few of the charities that we're looking to donate to with the uh, the month that we're going to donate. So, uh, so if you are a patron, you have access to that post. So if you go to patreon.com, our portion of the website, you can look at the post I posted and you can see which charities I chose, and then there's also charities that you can suggest, and we're going to send out a, a like a, a survey later on, and I want to say in the like next month to see what people suggest. So, Tom, we got an email from Cork. It says, uh, the glory hole story continues. After I told my high school students that I listened to your podcast, a few started listening. One student in particular started giving me a, an upraised fist and shouting, glory hole, whenever he passed me in the hall. We had a talk and agreed that I was too old for prison, and we would shout out GH instead. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> on a better note, you guys helped inspire these kids. They've started a secular humanist group on campus. Wow. Um, that's that's just awesome. We, we've done nothing. Yeah. Again, uh, we, we do nothing. These are awesome kids. I love the idea that there's some somebody who's actually recommending to their high school wow. students. 
I will say that it's amazing that they started something and you got a secular humanist group and good luck to them. And, uh, and if they ever need anything and if they want to get a shout out or if they want to, you know, if they put up something for donations or something for someone else, let us know and we'll plug it for sure. Absolutely. We will. A gentleman sent this in and I don't know that this person wants their name out. So I'm not going to mention their name, but they're talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. And, uh, and there's some crazy stuff oh, in here. Man. I mean, this stuff is just nuts. The, they, they, they glorify the death of kids who've died from being denied blood transfusions and like put their picture in different places is like, oh, so sad youth who puts God first. I mean, like, I know, man. like, oh my gosh, it's just horrifying. So we got a couple of attachments, essentially the Jehovah's witness stuff. And we want to thank this person for sending these in. This is just, it's something that I just didn't know existed. And they're just glorifying people who died from no blood transfusion. That's shitty. It's it's so unbelievably sad. And it says, in former times, thousands of youth died for putting God first. They're still doing it. Only today, the drama is played out in hospitals and courtrooms with blood transfusions, the issue. And it's got a picture of a fucking dead kid. Wow. Fuck that noise. So we got a message from somebody by the name of D who said, here's an idea for a podcast. D, um... I don't know if you're a listener because it doesn't mention that you're a listener and you, you sort of plug somebody. It looks like you're a publicity person plugging someone. If you say you listen to our show and you're a fan and you have a suggestion for a podcast and you happen to be a publicity director, let us know. But if you send us a form letter that says, hey, you should have this person on your show, chances are we're probably not going to follow up on it. So, yep. so if you're a fan and you like the show, we'll definitely listen to who you are plugging. But if you're not a fan and this is a form letter, then you'll never hear this. So we got an email from Trevor, and Trevor sent a long email, and he wanted to weigh in, of course, on the Mountain Dew and uh, Sierra Mist <laughs> thing, because that's, that's been a while since we heard anything about Mountain Dew and Sierra Mist. But one of the things that I want to mention is uh, he called in, and he left a message, and, uh, and it was somebody saying, he was basically singing glory, hallelujah, right? And he, and he says, this is his PPS on his message. I called today and left a singing glory hole voicemail that I thought was pretty original and funny only to hear a lady do basically exactly the exact same thing in the very next episode. <laughs> and what's hilarious was, is when I listened to that voicemail, I hadn't, he didn't send this email yet. So I heard the voicemail. And the first thing I thought is like, what are you new? Like, so, there's like 15 <laughs> people have called in and left that. So it's very That's funny. funny. That he, he caught himself. He's like, oh, duh, somebody else already did it. But yeah, you know, if you catch the glory whole thing initially, that, that joke's totally there. But, you know, a year later, not there. Well, that's all we got for you this time. It's going to be kind of a long show, but what are you going to do? Um, we want to thank Love and Cash from Atheist on Air. Uh, they were great. They were amazing. They were super fun. And we, we want to encourage you to go check out their podcast. And you can find their podcast at Atheist on Air. It's AOA dot FM. And, uh, and they have a great show. They, uh, they, they definitely are you know, humanists through and through and, and wonderful people. So, you know, give them a moment of your time, go listen to some of their stuff that they've got. And, uh, if you're into like, I like a perfect example is if you, if you like some of the people that we like, like no illusions is on one of their shows and it's actually a very entertaining show. So check them out. So we're going to be on atheists on air on Monday, the 24th. So next Monday, we're going to be on at, uh, 7 PM Chicago time, 8 PM Eastern, 
uh, we're going to be joining them live. So if you're interested in calling the show, you can listen live and you can talk to us live on the show. Uh, the number to call in is 646-716-6404, and it's option one. I'm going to post that on this week's show notes. So if you're interested, in, in and we'll, I'll post the time, and I'll also post uh, where you can listen to it because on Blog Talk. Um, and you can listen live, and you can give us a call, and you can chat with us if you want. We'd love to hear from people. So, uh, so we're going to leave you this week, not with Tom Skeptic's Creed, but with the uh, the Australian crazy fucking animal creed. <laughs> hey, Tom and Cecil. Dave from Canberra, Australia here. The most glorious of holes to you. I hear you guys talking a lot about Australia and all of the things that can kill you in Australia, which is the everything. So I thought I'd rewrite the Skeptic's Creed, and I called it the Australian's Creed. Australia is not a virtue. It's venomous, poisonous, necrotizing fasciitis bullshit. Couched in teeth-tearing, tail-stinging, flesh-ripped-from-the-bone, face-melting, spine-removing, oh my god, what is that and how many legs does it have? Scariness. Spiders, stingrays, jellyfish, bull ants, termites, crocodiles, sharks and leeches, octopi, redbacks, taipans, centipedes, adders, stonefish, funnel webs, pythons, rats and millipedes, lizards, dragons, giant worms... Great white dolphins, wasps, cane toads kill you dead. Boa constricting, life squeezing, wish you would die but the pain goes on. Have your sides exposed. Thrust your limbs, bloody, postulating, dismembered. Fear even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 